And it's funny you're talking about this um, in, in our relationship, and I brought our relationship up too, and I feel like that has been huge. I think relationships really open up a can of worms in, in your trauma, because like you're seeing, you're with somebody so much, and you are going to be triggered. And it's not usually the triggers that are the things that are bothering you. Triggers are something that they dig something up that's already in you, right? Yeah. And so for some reason, this thing that shouldn't really be bothering you is bothering you. So it's a trigger. So all of our triggers are being triggered, <laughs> right? And, and you know, I love, I love to touch hot spots. Oh, it's man. my thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it really is fun. But all that to say, um, sometimes it's really hard to recognize our trauma, like you just said, like, oh man, why can't I have seen it? Because the people we're around for most of our lives are the people that have been a part of that trauma, right? So like, if you think of our family that we grew up with and our close friends that maybe have the same patterns and habits that we've had as children, so we cling on to them because it's easy to deal with like, it's really hard to deal with something that challenges you and that goes against everything that you've ever believed, whether that is part of your trauma being your reality or like who you are. Because a lot of times we attach to what our trauma is unconsciously because it's ingrained in us, right? We're programmed that way to think this is normal. And so my patterns and behaviors coexist with this normal. They are in line with this normal. And so, like you said, you couldn't see it because how could you when you're still in the same circle? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like w when it comes to our relationship, um, yes, the triggering, it would, mm -hmm. it would almost stump me in a way where I had nowhere to go. And it came from a place of like, why am I so upset? by this situation like why can't i just let it go or why can't i emotionally open up to embrace it or am i pulling away and so i guess as you get triggered more and more you you realize there's really nowhere to run and i and i must look inside i must look inside myself to find out where to go from here because even though you're the one triggering me I'm still on my own journey mm. and I have to do the soul searching myself yeah. in order to, to overcome that. So what do you think? And I'm just asking you this question because <laughs> uh -oh. we're kind of being kind of like obscure. What do you think your trauma was that made you, cause I'll share mine. I just want to know like what you think your trauma was like, and this can be sensitive, especially for family watching and friends watching. And it's not meant to blame anyone. And I think that's a big part of the healing, right? You've shared this many times, victims of victims of victims, right? Of like course. many times our parents are just repeating patterns that they're, they're taught. And then we either break the cycle, we break the chain of events, right? Or yeah, yeah. we create um, the same pattern. So what do you think seriously led you, if you're thinking about your path and your journey, what do you think really like, when you look back, when you're able to view it, because now we're talking about how do we even perceive it? How do we become aware that this is an issue in my life? Yeah, I think, I think what has happened in my life specifically, um, 
I always knew some of the patterns that I've witnessed or observed growing up in my family life, um, even mostly my family life, I'd say. I knew that some of those patterns weren't something that I wanted to duplicate. You're so still I, being vague. Well, for instance, um, obviously when I saw physical abuse at my home, mm -hmm. um, I knew that I would never want to do that to my wife. I would never want my kids to experience that. Um, I personally never want to beat my kids after experiencing that. Still, um, four years in. <laughs> four, four years in. Four years in. Um, I still, I still do not want to hit my kids. Um, but I think that's the the more um, physical side of things. I think also a couple other patterns. Uh, in my family, in my family life, we're also um, pretty much a non-relationship with my father. Yeah. Um, so there was no hugging. There was you no... You mean like intimacy? Because you have a relationship with your father. Yeah, yeah, but you mean yeah, like um, a... no intimacy, no... What is it called? Hugging. What is it called? Is it just intimacy? Do you have another word for me, Chris? <laughs> I think it's word? just I think it's actually just like human emotions. Like I'm I'm a son. That's my father. And my dad couldn't hug me, but he could hit me. Loving through actions. So right. so if he can hit me, but he can't hug me, mm. in my in my life, I'm thinking that's the only way. It's supposed to be this way. Intimacy became difficult. Yeah. So um so when my son was born, when Kobe was born, um, I knew that I just wanted to be a specific type of father for him and um, to him. And that that was an honor. Yeah. And so even when Kobe was born, in a weird way, I was still learning how to heal that relationship with kind of like my masculine, mm. um, hugging my son. It's not something that um, I knew early on was okay because... Let's say my first hug with my father was until I was 38 years old, and um. I remember your dad watching <laughs> the Super Bowl one time, and who is the um, football player, the good one, that won, the white guy. What's his name? What's his name? Tom Brady, right? Tom that's, Brady. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. He was like kissing his son. Your dad was like, "Oh, that's gay." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> and it's just so funny. I'm like, so you like you don't. Son. So you don't know, like... And so I, I did get it at that point. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you don't know. And, and, and growing up, when you see this one side that's a little bit more violent, you see another side that's not, not very loving at all. And hey, my dad's a, he's a great guy. Yeah. Like, he supported me as well as he could in, in his life. Um, but seeing what cycles I did not want to repeat right. was them. kind of the the antidote for me to continue seeking and looking for like alternatives. Mm -hmm. um, but and sometimes, also, sometimes those, when we're not trying to repeat something, we're trying so hard not to that we inevitably do in some other way because it's like that path of um, aim, right? If you're so focused on what not to do and what not to be, 
ultimately you do that and become that, right? Because it's like, I am so, I'm trying so hard not to be this. Eh, it's all I can think about. And then what? It, it happens, right? So I agree, but I think it's a good starting place because at right. the end of the day, you, no matter where you're at, you have to find your own personal balance. So for instance, I think, yes, maybe you go a little bit extreme early on and then you're able to kind of back up a little bit and say, okay, now I have a, a better balance. It's kind of what life is about. It's like full of polarities. Yeah. I mean, I, same thing for my parents, right? Um, my father, as a father, he always made sure he came in and hugged us, his three daughters, and kissed us goodbye in the morning. And like later in life, he did. he spoke about it. And he said, I wasn't you know, kiss and hug as a, as a child. And my grandparents are extremely loving. They're not the most like affectionate. There's a word, affection. Affection. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's the word. Um, they're not the most affectionate, yeah, yeah. but like they would do anything for anyone. But as I learn of them as parents, they were a little more disconnected from their children. And they'll even admit that, you know, you've been with my grandparents and they've of admitted course. that too. So it's, it's recognizing that our parents have been products of something else, right? The victim of the victim. And so like our parents might've done a lot better in, in ways, but also they might've been polar opposite where they missed other things, trying so hard not to be what their parents were, right? Like, so like my father was super affectionate, super loving. And he also just like has this very like, do whatever you want kind of go with the flow parent type style. And it kind of led us to be like, hmm, where do I go? <laughs> but maybe for <laughs> him, his parents were like, you need to do this. And he knew that restricted him and yeah, he never yeah. wanted to do that to his children. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to recognize that our parents are on their own individual yeah. journey too. And that all we can really do to honestly heal the trauma that we have built up in ourselves is to really have compassion for them. Yeah. You know, one, one major thing that I want to say is that you know, when I thought about my dad and it's like, oh man, I got my first hug at 38 years old. And that hug really came from us getting married. Right. And so when we got married, that's when, you know, him and I for the first time hugged and I thought about it and to, to make sense of it in a, a different perspective, I said, wow, you know, my dad is probably only offering me what he was given or shown is okay. And imagine, you know, at let's just say 70 years old. What if that hug that him and I had was his first hug that he's ever had? And he had to wait till he was 70 years old right. to have that. And so that, that really gave me a different level of um, compassion and, um, and space to, to really move forward in many ways. Yeah. Like speaking of childhood trauma, um, I would say <laughs> it's it, my, my situation's interesting. And, you know, like a lot of my friends and family, obviously my family, but a lot of my friends, like when they first meet me, you know, like everyone talks about their parents and people will always be like, where's your mom? Right. Cause my, my, my mother who raised me is in Florida and my biological mother is in Missouri. Right. So no one's really around me, but, um, living my life with kind of that mother wound, like not having that go to like, I can just go cry to mom. I can lean on her. I can, it led me to kind of live out trauma in a certain way as well. Right. Definitely. Cause that's traumatic as a child to not have, you know, your mommy 
even though I had amazing women in my life who supported me and loved me, especially as a mom now though, there's nothing like having your mother. And I know that for a fact, right? Like when my children need me every single moment and they cry to me and I get to hold them in those moments, I, it kind of brings me back like, wow, you know, what am I, what am I giving to them psychologically? And so to, to be able to heal that though, I think it goes back again to recognizing, right? What did my mother go through? Of course. Where she actually had something turn off maybe in her brain or she recognized that she couldn't do it and she couldn't give the the space and she the didn't love. have the capacity. She maybe. didn't have the capacity and not be angry and not live out. Cause I was, I don't want to say I was like an angry child, but I was definitely traumatized and I was very um I would be short with people. I would I would hurt people before they hurt me. You know, like I would run before I can lose. I would quit before I can lose. So I was like more flighty, right? So like traumatic responses could like literally physically affect us where we can be put in fight or flight. Of course. And I would say I'm a flighter. Like I will, I'll make, I'll put myself in a situation to run. What do you think you, you are? I'm a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say like, I'm like, I'm going to get through this no matter what. At yeah. the end of the day, kind of at all cost, um, you know, so that's kind of, yeah. that's, that's my formula. And I also think a part of what helped you recognize, and this is just me speaking for you now, cause I like to do that. Um, your trauma in is your body, like the yeah, yeah. pain that you've experienced. Cause that's how I know, like, I'm not as much fighty. Cause like, I don't tense up like that. I'm just like, all right, let's go on to the next one where you will just stay where you are and tense up and like, just get harder and harder in this space and become more dense. Right? Yeah. Well, like you said, um, you know, having, having space to, to have options, I think right now with trauma, it's like, you feel like you don't have any options. Like there's nowhere else to go. So. Because you're so used to this one story that we're attached to. Like, exactly. This is me. I am my trauma and I can't get away from it until either that's subconscious and you can't recognize it because you're around it still, or you recognize it, you're avoiding, or you recognize it and you're like, okay, I need to deal with this. Yeah. What's the first step? Right. So, and that's really hard. I think, um, I think awareness is obviously is the first step. Where to go from there, though, is Jesus. Yeah. And that's a that's an amazing place to go.